0: Welcome back, Flight Instructors and NAFI members. This is John Niehaus, Director of Program Development for the National Association of Flight Instructors. And I am pleased to welcome you back to another episode of More Right Rudder, the podcast for Flight Instructors on the go. And this edition is a really cool conversation that I had with a few instructors. Now, if you don't know, we use a lot of our social media pages, specifically our Facebook group, to try to recruit um, our members and, and group members to participate in various conversations and, and topics that uh, that we try to come up with. And, and recently, um, we thought it'd be cool to talk to low-time instructors, uh, basically somebody who's pretty much only had their flight instructor certificate for maybe around a year or or just uh, within you know a couple months of that. And uh, so I found three individuals that, uh, um, you know, I bounced some questions off of. And what I found is is that it's it's kind of hard for people to relate uh, to new instructors, um, just because sometimes when you've been doing it for a while, it, it, the, the, the trials and tribulations of, of what it's like to be new is is something that uh, is just kind of hard to understand. So I wanted to find out, you know, what, what types of things are affecting new instructors, and, and what are the... Um, the things that they enjoy and what are the things that maybe they even struggle with? So we were able to find some, uh, some great individuals and, uh, Joe Ruchinski, Peter Amato and Jacob Harris were all brave enough to volunteer. And thanks guys. If you're listening, um, you were awesome. Um, and so I just bounced some questions off of them and it was a a lot of fun. So, um, for those of you that might be listening, that might be interested in participating in something like this, um, all you got to do is go to our NAFI Facebook group. Now we have a page and there's a group. Uh, if you go to the group and join, I'm the uh, admin there. I'll just let you in. And, uh, every so often these things come up and, and so just throw your hat in the ring and we'd love to have you. But anyways, um, The podcast this time is actually sponsored by a brand new sponsor of NAFI and and member benefit provider, Um, and they're a company called Pilot Pipeline. Now, it's kind of fitting that uh, this is the episode for them because um, what they actually do is uh, allow a service to not just show potential students um, all the different options of uh, aviation careers and how to get there, but also... It even works for for pilots of any skill level instructors included specifically maybe new instructors who might have uh, still an idea of, of what they want to do and it sort of provides them a timeline and an outlook of okay where do you want to go what do you want to do um if owning a flight school is is your jam then then here's what to do uh if you want to go to the military if you want to go to the airlines here's what to do um. So just for those that are, are maybe undecided on, on what their uh, their long-term story is going to say, um, it's a great place to go. And in addition, they also have a service where they have actually curated a list of uh, scholarships for those that are still in training. And, and what it does is it allows you to filter by location and demographics and, and type of um, certificate that you're trying to earn and uh, kind of helps – Figure out which ones you qualify for um, all in one place. So instead of having to search around, you can find it. And of course, you got to remember that there is a NAFI King School scholarship. So I'll plug that just real quick. But, uh, um, anyways, so NAFI members, and this is brand new, NAFI members get a 50% discount off of their premium subscription at Pilot Pipeline. If you want some information on that, all you got to do. Is go to the NAFI website www.naffynet.org. Now, we also um, would love anybody to join if you're interested, and you don't even have to be an instructor to do it. So, um, if you just have a, a passion for learning, a passion for aviation, um, you know, we want to have you. So, please feel free to join anytime. Um, but, anyways, without further ado, uh, talk with new flight instructors featuring Joe Ruchinski, Peter Amato, and Jacob Harris. Thank you so much. Today's topic is new flight instructor. Um, kind of uh, just gauging the trials and tribulations of being new in the profession, because some of us have forgotten what that's like. Um, so with me today, I've got uh, Joe Versinski from Kansas City, Missouri. I have Peter Amato, um, and Peter is from Boston, Massachusetts. And I have Jacob Harris from Portland, Maine. Guys, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for Thank having you. us. Hi. Thank Absolutely. You. Now, Jacob, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself?
1: Uh, Yes, so I just started instructing in November of last year, so it's been about uh, six-ish months. I have about 130 hours of instructing. Um, I instruct part of a flight club slash freelance type thing, so uh, airplane single-engine instrument, if people have their own plane, they just wanna get used to a new plane or in our 172 that we fly, I do instruction in that. Um, I have a bunch of students who actually just bought uh, their own plane. So I'm teaching them in that, moving them from our plane to theirs. Um, but it's just been, it's been an interesting time. Uh, I've learned a lot. I hope they've learned a lot. Um, and it's just, it's been a fun time. So.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. It sounds like you're pretty busy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Peter, you're up next.
2: Yeah, my name is Peter Amato. I'm from Boston, Massachusetts. I got my CFI on February 12th, so about a month and a half ago. I already have about 103 hours of dual given. Uh, It's been a crazy month. I work at East Coast Aero Club at Bedford at Hanscom Field. Um, And I have a full range of students from people who want to be airline pilots for a career, people who just want to do this for fun as a hobby. Um and I really like it. I instruct in the Cessna 172, the Piper Warrior, Piper Archer, uh, and the Piper Tomahawk as well. So that's a
0: little bit about me. Hey, congratulations. Thank you. How about you, Joe?
3: Uh, my name is Joe Rosinski, and uh, I got my CFI back in October of 2020. I have about 500 hours of total time with 100 hours of dual given. Um, I mainly flight instruct out of a Cessna 150 and uh, just do private pilots uh, right now. Um, I'm just a part-time instructor, so I only take on about two or three students at a time, and also teach in uh, a local flying club uh, here in the Kansas City area.
0: That's fantastic. So guys, I'm gonna start off with the the first question here. Um, what was the driving force to uh, make you guys decide to wanna to do this for a living? What, what made you wanna become flight instructors?
3: Um, well, I actually, uh, I got my private pilot back in 1991. So there's a little bit about my age there. Um, And I just uh, flew for a hobby through the 90s and 2000s. Um, I've been a police police officer for 27 years. And uh, actually my dad was a a private flight instructor. So it was always in the back of my mind, but uh, obviously just working in law enforcement, I really didn't have the funds to fly a lot. Um, And then recently, just, you know, a couple of years ago, I really started flying a lot more, I uh, got my instrument rating, my commercial rating, and um, just decided, you know, it's um, something I've always wanted to do. I've always enjoyed just taking friends and family up as a private pilot and, and going over some new stuff with them about flying, and then I just decided I wanted to make it official and, you know, help introduce people to the passion of flight.
0: And then you find out that uh, there's so much more to that world (laughs) once you (laughs) become a flight instructor.
3: It has been, um, you know, not only quite the learning experience, but, you know, it it can be quite exhausting. You know, Um, I tell you, if if, uh, my colleagues here are full time instructors, I really, you know, idolize them because just doing it part time where I'm flying, you know, maybe uh, on a lesson day, just two or three hours of dual given, I'm wore out after that. You know, these flight instructors that are working at a flight school and they're there eight hours a day, you know, that's, that's quite the accomplishment. Peter, how about you? What made you become a flight instructor?
2: I think it came a lot from my previous instructors, actually, and some of the things that they've taught me and just some situations I've been in flying where you could almost hear your instructor in the back of your head, like on that first solo, you could you could kind of hear your instructor's voice, like do this, do that, or on a check ride. And those instructors that really stuck and have taught me lessons that I'll probably use for the rest of my career, uh, I wanted to do the same for the, some other students. And I think that resounding impact is really cool that you can have on somebody. Uh, people have had it on me. I hope I'm having it on other people. Uh, that'll be remained to be seen, but um, that's what got me into flight instructing.
0: Jacob, how about you? Yes,
1: yeah, so I, um, I went to a collegiate aviation university, um, went through all 141, right through my commercial multi, and then COVID happened and everything, so I ended up moving back to Maine. Uh, I was out in St. Louis. And at that point, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to work for my family a little bit and fly like once a month just, to, just for fun, just to get a break from all the training environments. And then when I met my boss, actually, to start renting a plane, he was just like, do you want to get your CFI? And I was like, well, that's been my goal. I don't know if I want to get. And then we kind of just hit the ground running, got it within a month. Um, did that, started working a lot. And ever since then, it's just been it's just been so much fun. It's it's nice having like you're feeling an impact for your students. Um, you see them grow, and that's the best thing I've seen. So in, in my in my case, it kind of just happened. I fell right into it, and it was just it was awesome. So <laughs> So
0: guys, as far as, uh, you know, that first day, you know, you, you find out that you've got your very first student, you know, you're brand new. And I know in my case, I was even apprehensive to to even tell the student that they were my first one, um, you know, because nobody wants to find out from their doctor, oh, you're my first go. Um, what, what made you all the most apprehensive about that? And let's start with Jacob this time.
1: Yeah, so... Again, it was I was thrown right into it. I came back from St. Louis after my check ride. Um, after I got my COVID test back, uh, my boss handed me this thirteen-year-old uh, actually who wanted to take their first flight and see what it was like. And I was like, "Okay, okay, I have to teach someone who doesn't know how to drive a car, who's very young." And I'm very happy that I was my first student. Just like it was just a fun time and seeing how excited they were made me super excited and i was just i I was planning on like not letting them fly a lot like letting them fly obviously but you know being like right on the controls being like okay they're really young but you know i once my nerves came down um i was they were just having a great time we both loved it um they ended up not knowing it was my first uh first lesson until after (laughs) because that's what my boss said but um but the dad who sat in the back seat, he was like, I would have never guessed. And I was like, oh, thank you. And that kind of took took some weight off my shoulders. So,
0: how did they find out?
1: It was uh, my boss was just like, well, if you guys want to know, that was his first ever lesson. And they were like, oh, wow, we didn't even know. <laughs> and then, and then I had three other students right after that. What was that? They said, your boss sold you out.
3: He did. He did.
1: <laughs> but it, it was great. Yeah.
0: Joe, what about you? What made you most apprehensive?
3: Um, I think I kind of I beat around the bush with my first students. Uh, it was just a word of mouth right after I got my uh, CFI in October. Uh, this guy reached out to me. It was a friend of a friend. And um, I'm not exactly sure he, if he knew or not. I was, he was going to be my first student. I did tell him I was a new CFI. And then once, uh, I didn't really bring it up again after that. And then once we got him to solo, then I told him, you're my first solo. So I think he probably put two to two together that you know, I was really his first full-time student. And uh, apprehension-wise, you know, I, I think it was just more of uh, not so much me worried about my skill set as, you know, a, a, one of the main points of, of a good student is their own self-confidence. So I didn't want them to have a lack of confidence in my, in my teaching ability and have that be in the back of their mind by worrying I was, you know, their first student. They're, they were my first student, or I was a really new instructor. So I really didn't, you know, harp on that too much. I just, you know, started with the syllabus and we just went down the road, just like she, he was like the hundred students, you know, that's where I was, just had that mindset. I was just teaching them just like anybody else. Peter,
0: what about you?
2: Uh- Interesting experience for me, actually. So my first student, uh, we sat down for about an hour before we went flying. It was a student, my CFI, who trained me to be a CFI, um, did his intro flight, and then he handed him to me as a primary student. So when we were sitting down, the first couple of questions he starts asking me are like, oh, how many students have you gotten through to the private pilot? And that was kind of an interesting question to answer. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm, I told him, I was like, hey, I'm a little bit new at this. Um, I hadn't, I don't have any. But, um, but over the over time, he's still my student. He's a great student. Um, we, I've really built his trust, I think, through flying. And I think um, even if you are new, and you get someone a little bit apprehensive. If you go out there and you're really professional and you show you know your stuff, and I think also looking stuff up when you don't know it is really important. Because if I just rattled something off that was wrong and didn't really know what I was talking about, um, that destroys your credibility too as a CFI. So I think it's not so much about the number of students you've had is about it's about how you act and how you um how you fly
0: so that's an interesting point um and I, I completely agree but you you hit on something there what is what is a professional cfi to you guys um peter since you brought it up what what's the definition
2: i think it's somebody who always tries their best to be safe to be um to fly their best every day flies every flight like a check ride Uh, I also think it's somebody who admits mistakes, admits when you're wrong, and uh, also looks things up when you don't know the answer. Mm -hmm. I think that's big because we learn about primacy so much in CFI training that if you tell somebody something wrong the first time and they trust you, like as a CFI, your student, um, we're their uh, main point of contact in aviation. I mean, they trust what we say. Uh, If we say something wrong, they're going to believe us the first time because they don't know any better. And then that's what's going to be in their mind for the rest of their training. Mm-hmm.
0: Jacob what about you
1: um kind of going off what Peter said I'd say transparency um being as transparent as possible um letting them know goals that you have um letting them know how they're doing not just sugarcoating it like oh well you lost a few hundred feet but like that wasn't that bad it's just like tell them exactly what needs to happen and kind of give them a chance to grow um And just kind of always, like I said, like going back to transparency, just like always being there, always um, admitting if you made a mistake or admitting if you don't know something. Um, I I find myself saying, don't quote me on that one sec," And I'll just, I'll uh, I'll go look it up if I forgot it or just, it's like, I'll know it in my head, but I'm just like, I want to be 100% sure with you Mm -hmm. because, you know. They're trusting what you're saying, and you want to give them the right information, the correct information, and the most useful information they can use to build upon and go forward with. What about you, Joe?
3: Um, I really try to. I think it's really try to important to try to keep the mindset that even though you're a flight instructor, they're a learner, that you work for them. You know. I, I continuously remind my students, say, hey, these are your lessons. You know, if you are ever frustrated or burnt out and you just wanna have a fun day of flying and we just wanna go up there and work on something that you really enjoy doing, tell me that, you know, we don't have to absolutely follow the syllabus per day. You know, it's, I wanna make it a fun experience for my students and keeping that mindset that you are there to do a job um that they're paying you for and by doing that job to the best of your ability whether it's safety transparency teaching them everything they need to know you know to be a safe pilot from here on out you know it's 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 just keeping that mindset that you're here for them instead of it's you know they're you're not you know you're not here just to collect a paycheck or to build hours you're here to provide them with the experience they're paying you to provide
0: and that's huge. I mean, flight instructors have been notorious for not knowing a lot of the the sort of finer points of of customer service. Uh, I'm guilty of it too. I I also went to a 141 university, and and uh, as Jacob can attest, I mean, there's there's no room for fun in a lot of cases. It's this is the lesson. This is what we're going to do. You better have studied, and you're going to move forward. And my first flight instructing uh, job was a Part 61 school, kind of out in a cornfield, and and most of my clients were there to have fun to learn to fly because that's what they always wanted to do and here I was being the sort of 141 military drill instructor and uh these guys were going wait a second let's let's tone this down a little bit sergeant slaughter like come on um I just want to have a little bit of fun and and it took me gosh I don't know it, it took me months to really kind of unpack that and realize that they're paying a lot of money to yeah earn a objective but uh um if it's not fun then what's the point exactly so it, it's exactly. I, I, <laughs> you're learning it faster than i was able to so that's that's so I, it,
3: I definitely see it uh, i have a um, a uh, backup flight instructor that uses my airplane uh to cheat to teach on the side and uh, she just graduated from 141 and you can definitely i can definitely see a difference between my style and her style mm-hmm. you know where i've always been you know just came up at my own speed different instructors you know no struck no structured st- syllabus and where she's very like you said very you know mad at a b c and d and i'm like you know let's take this as this goes and see how this works kind of thing so but they as, as with everything else everything has its advantages and disadvantages sure so,
1: yeah. yeah i've definitely realized that um Going 141, I guess, yeah, I came from that background. That's what I did all my training. But first lesson with a new guy, um, I will always just take them out and be like, where do you live? And we'll fly over their house, if they live close. We'll fly over their house. Um, That's the first thing I like to do, kind of get them up, get them doing their straight and level turns and everything, kind of get them used to the aircraft. Then I'll be like, okay, well, this is Richmond over here, this town that they live in. And I'm like, let's just do a little fly over your house and go back. Um, I like to have fun. And the big thing is to kind of learn how to read your students during that day, during that lesson. Because sometimes when it's like, we have an objective, we're going to go do steep turn stalls. Um, that's the big thing. And if they're just getting overwhelmed with it, I'll be like, okay, well, you know what? Let's, uh, let's go do some landings. Like, you, you like those, let's go, let's go tighten them up. And just being able to be flexible with the lessons, I really like that being in what, uh, part 61 now. So just kind of reading the students, figuring out what's going to be best for them during that day or during that week. Um, yeah.
2: Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. I like using alternate airports too. Um, students like to go, especially we live on the coast here up in Boston. We can take them into somewhere like Beverly or Portsmouth, New Hampshire, have them go over to the water, really know, really remember why they're doing this. They're not doing this to do steep turns out in the practice area or slow flood. They're doing this to have fun. So I think, Going to other places, showing them the fun side of aviation is really important every once in a while, especially if they're getting frustrated.
3: So
0: as a low time instructor, um, how do you think that the industry sort of looks at new instructors? Um, you know, I know there's some misconceptions going on out there and, and some people have some negative opinions. I don't think that that's necessarily or I like to believe that that's not necessarily a prevalent idea. But uh, in your guys's experience, um, have you had uh, how, how do you think people view a, a new instructor? Um, Peter, go ahead.
2: I think I'm really lucky with where I work. Um, In my experience of where I work, everyone's been super supportive and only offering um, any tips or advice. Uh, People haven't ever been getting in the middle of what I've been doing. Uh, I've never been interrupted with a student or anything like that. Um, It's been mostly very, very good where I've been working. Um, Most senior instructors always offer us help. Uh, People who just started as well, maybe a couple months before I did, kind of shared some tips and tricks and some stories about their first few lessons, too, to help me out before I started So I don't know about the industry as a whole, but at least in my kind of bubble where I work, it's been very, very supportive.
0: That's awesome. Joe, how about you?
3: Um, I think any, you know, insecurities or concerns that I've had about that were basically just um, uh, turned out to be just unfounded. Uh, You know, in in the way of new students, you know, they've never really uh, questioned you know, uh, my time as a flight instructor or my ability or number of students I've had. Um, And some of of my uh, flight reviews, like in my club, you know, I was really the one that was more, I think, intimidated, you know, when I'd have a 5,000 hour pilot requesting a flight review, you know, and here I'm a brand new instructor. And they've even said, hey, you're the flight instructor, you've done the work, you've passed the test, you know, there's a reason why they gave you, you know, flight instructor. So, you know, don't, don't, don't worry about, I've had older pilots, you know, uh, boost my own self-confidence about that. Like, don't worry that you're a low-time flight instructor. You know, uh, you have that level of knowledge that they, they, don't, they don't have, so.
0: That's fantastic.
3: Jacob.
1: Yeah, so it's actually, I've noticed the view of new flight instructors it's kind of changed from where you go. So when you're at a bigger flight school, you kind of can see the stigma of the flight instructors have been there for a few years. They're like, oh yeah, well, his lessons are so short. And like, you know, they kind of might talk down, but at the same time, that's kind of just because they know each other. Um, They're not actually, they don't really look down at them. And then where I am now, it's been nothing but positive. Everyone's been awesome offering me tips, uh, offering help. Um, Other pilots who have a few thousand hours, they'll come up and still ask you questions because they know that you're the flight instructor. Um, They'll ask you tips for something new that came up. And I've noticed that people are just like really happy to see me grow and my students grow with me. And it's, it's just been a great environment where I'm at.
0: That's, I mean, it's one of the best things about um, just aviation in general. It, it seems that for the most part, everybody's out to uh, just make each other better and, and help progress along the way. So that's, I, I love those stories. That's great to hear. Um, you know, it's, it's a big thing for us at and is just helping support instructors of all experience levels, making sure that, uh, um, that, that everyone has the, uh, the support network that they need to grow and, and achieve the things that they want to achieve. One last question, uh, before we decide to, uh, to, to end the presentation, but what, uh, what skill do you think you picked from one of your flight instructors that, uh, that really kind of stuck with you and has made, you know, your, your abilities that much better? Um, something that, that really kind of, you feel makes you stand out. Um, Jacob, I'm going to pick on you first.
1: Yeah. Um, What I always liked, uh, I had a flight instructor I had through half my private, all my instrument, and just up until the end of my commercial. Um, She was awesome. I like an instructor who is very easygoing, um, very open about your lessons. Like, this is what we need to do. This is what you um, need to work on. This is what you're doing great. Um, And allowing you to fly the plane, allowing you to make mistakes and then learning from your mistakes. So when I'm with my lessons and a student, I I know they're about to do something wrong. Um, I'll give a little hint. Um, I'm not the type of person that takes control right away over the littlest thing. Um, I've had instructors who do that. I don't really like that. I like the student to fly the plane, learn from their mistakes and praise what they're doing great. Um, It's very much a team building experience between both of us and getting both of our um, confidence is up. So you're getting confidence in your students and your students' confidence uh, is building on themselves. And that is great to see. And that is what I like to see in my students. So I'm not one to just take take the controls right away if something is about to go wrong um, in in a safe situation. Sure. Peter, how about you? My instructor who actually
2: just did my commercial multi and my CFI training was awesome and he always he always told us don't rush and i think that's huge for aviation i think rushing in aviation is really dangerous i think you can impede training and i think a lot of students they get in the airplane with an instructor and they're all like frazzled kind of freaking out and like everything's going a million miles an hour and i try to get my students to take a deep breath and relax um there's no need to rush some things you need to do quickly and deliberately but if you're doing it right it still shouldn't be rushed even a simulated even an engine failure Checklist should not be rushed. It should be done deliberately, done the right way, and done carefully. And I think experience plays a role in that. I think um, knowledge plays a role in that. And I think if you have experience and knowledge, you shouldn't have to rush anything in aviation. So I'm trying to um, portray that to my students, something I learned from my last CFI, actually.
0: Joe,
3: how about you? Um, I I really kind of take a little bit of all three of my instructors I've had over. Uh, 20, 20 plus years, uh, my first private pilot instructor wasn't a good match. You know, he would yell, yell at me, get frustrated, you know, with the lack of progress. So, of course, you know, I really remember that these days. And, you know, even, even if I do get frustrated with the students, I really, you know, don't ever go down that road of uh, trying to intimidate a student or yell at them or, you know, make them feel a lack of confidence or anything like that. Uh, then my secondary flight instructor for my private, you know, very supportive. You know, m- they're really just to kind of like teach me to get my ratings, um, always taught me to, you know, be safe first. So I really instill that. Um, but my, my instructor that I've had for my, my advanced ratings, I've had all the same same person. And uh, what I liked about him the most that I really try to uh, instill is, you know, he would always uh, instill self-confidence into me. And he would always tell me that 90% of my problem was a lack of self-confidence. You know, I, 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 you know, I'd come home every day after, you know, shooting approaches and I was like, Oh, I'm not going to get this. I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit. You know? And he was just like, Oh, you're doing fine. You're doing fine. You'll get it. It'll click. And just, you know, he would kind of keep me coming back the next day. And, you know, I really do that with my students. I'm constantly telling them, you know, reassuring them, that you know they're, they're doing just fine. You know we're here to have fun, and that everything's going to come along, and maybe we need to try a different approach or whatever. But I never ever go down the roads of negativity, you know. And um, you know something that like Peter mentioned that you know I, I see a lot is the you know, is the rushing, you know. Um, you know I have like one student right now that wants to rip the wings off the plane every time we do stalls. You know he wants to recover so quickly. And I just have to just say, hey, you know, we have time. You don't have to yank the controls, you know, out of the the airplane and just trying to get the students to slow down and, you know, and and keep having fun the entire time, even though it's a learning process. And, you know, just me remembering that the students are probably nervous, whether they have a lack of self-confidence or they're trying to impress the flight instructor and, you know, as a flight instructor, we're usually not nervous. We know what's going on. And it's, it's us trying to, I'm trying to put myself in the student's seat saying, you know, what, what can I do to make them feel more confident about what's going on right now?
0: Well, guys, I, I really appreciate you taking the time for this. And I, I think I'm going to throw one last thing out there. Um, do you guys have any bits of advice for a new instructor or sort of a would-be new instructor? Um, anything that uh, that you think would uh, um, sort of settle someone into into the right seat? Um, any final thoughts?
2: I would say that during your CFI training, there might be a po- there's going to be a point at which you look up into the sky, you feel like you're in the middle of the woods, um, you feel like there's nothing to help you, and you just feel like you're you're just totally swamped um, just power through it. It'll get better. Uh, there will be a day where it clicks It happened to me. Um, there's a day where you really feel like everything comes together. You're going to have that lesson where you really transition from student to teacher. Um, it will happen if you keep working at it. So don't get discouraged if there's that day where you really don't think, think it's going to happen.
1: Yeah. I say the uh, biggest thing is, um, So you're at this point where you're training for your CFI, you've gone through all the training, you've gone through pretty much everything that you are about to do with your students, reference and think back to everything that you've gone through. And on the lessons that you have with your students, if you're brand new, kind of just put yourself in the mindset of when you were a five to 10 hour pilot and just like, yeah, everything comes naturally to us at this point of flying the plane, but kind of think, what were some tips that helped you back then that really got you to understand how uh, how much trim to use and when to use it and create that perfect landing? Um, it's all natural to you, but you have to remember kind of talk through everything and just bring yourself back to where you were in your training and just remember that's where the student is and make them, try to give them the best tips and give them the best uh, advice Uh, that you wish you had or that you got at the point where they are?
3: Um, I would say uh, one thing that Jacob mentioned earlier I I really like to uh, impose on is, um, you know, make sure as an instructor you let the student fly the airplane, you know. um, uh, Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't feel like I take over, you know, uh, and let this, I, I clearly try to let the students make mistakes. You know, whether it's you know a little bit of a bounce or you know um, you know improper stall recovery, and let them see the see the results of the errors before I take over. As long as it's always safe, of course. Um, I think that's a key: is you have to really feel comfortable, you know, letting the student push the edge of the envelope with the airplane. Um, another thing that I really uh, found is for new flight instructors to really pay attention to those FOIs during your training. You know, just in the short 100 hours of dual given, I've probably seen every different personality there is already. And I would never would have guessed that. I would have just thought, well, everybody, all pilots I've talked to are kind of similar, you know, a little bit of type A. But I mean, I've seen the the hazardous attitudes, and the one of the guys who wants to show off for the instructor, or the very timid students, and you really have to be able to adapt to different personalities as a fight instructor, and still, you know, uh, maintain your composure, make sure everything stays safe, and adjust your teaching ability so they understand what they need to learn.
0: Joe, I you hit a, a buzzword for me. I'm so glad you said F O oh. I that's fantastic I <laughs> I know it can be the sometimes not the most entertaining of, of reading but uh, I have used also um, you know the techniques from from the FOI more than I ever thought that I would um, and uh, I was one that, that struggled to get through that book too just you, you don't realize how useful it can it can be until you actually start doing it
3: for sure so, guys, once again,
0: I appreciate you taking the time tonight. Um, you are all an inspiration to me. The, the energy that you guys have towards the profession, the, the professionalism um, that you have, and, and just the, the fun that you're having in the process. Um, I, I think it's great. Um, and uh, I, I love the fact that, uh, um, you know, you're, you're sharing that with others. So thank you so much.